Hello and welcome to the Master of Demon Gorge podcast. Today, we're talking about Yue Fei. Alice, I understand that for an upcoming article of yours, you've been reading up about uh, Kosinga or Zheng Changgong. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I've been reading, reading a lot, quite a lot about him. Okay. So you promise we're going to do an episode about him. Yeah, of course. Soon. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, and um, But we were talking about this earlier um, about how uh, a Kosinga or Zheng Changgong, the, 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 the uh, late Ming, um, national hero, quote-unquote, mm. would have seen himself in the uh, in the shadow or in the line of earlier, quote-unquote, national heroes, <laughs> or people that the, the Chinese look up to as, as uh, exemplars. Uh, he would have seen himself as a successor to other figures. Mm. So we thought that uh, we'd, we'd do a couple of episodes explaining some of those other figures first, and that, that would help to put Kosinga in context when we eventually talk about him. And the first guy uh, we thought we'd do, we'd already mentioned him, Yue Fei. We mentioned him earlier in our mm. episode on the, on the fiction of Jing Yong, about how uh, one of his great novels, The Condor Heroes, was all written... The, the background was all set in the in 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 the shadow of of UFA. Uh So now I thought we'd talk about. <clears throat> well, I was about to say let's talk about the real person as mm. opposed to in Jin Yong's fiction. So yeah, so if I what I understood from Koshinga and UFA, uh they are both considered national hero in the Republic of China, mm-hmm. uh, because uh, there have been those people who are. Who have been loyal to the previous dynasty? Yeah, that is um, uh, that was certainly true for for Kosinga, and we're going to talk about more more about him later. Of course, Yue wasn't exactly fighting for the previous dynasty. So Yue lived in the Song Dynasty, and the Song Dynasty was still there, and you know it was still there after he died. It lived on for another hundred and fifty years after he died. So it wasn't the previous dynasty exactly, but. Um, First of all, there was a bit of a north and south orientation in that uh, they were both fighting for sort of the southern power that was being encroached upon from the north, not entirely unlike the ROC, the the, the KMT government in, during the Republic, which was based in the south, as opposed to the CCP power, which is growing out from the north and being supported by Russia and Soviet Union and so on. So there's a bit of the north and south orientation. But um, the important thing is the, the sort of um, loyalty to uh, loyalty to a cause, you know, uh, undying fealty mm. to a cause. But um, also, I think we should be clear that UFA is considered a hero across the Chinese civilizational world. So he's regarded as a hero in the PRC as well. He's regarded as a hero throughout. And exactly like Koshinga as well. Right. So right, and he was regarded as a hero um, during the you know, you know periods of quote unquote barbarian occupation. So he is regarded as a hero during the Mongol era, during the Qing era. So he's just like everybody oh, kind of agrees okay. he was a hero. Oh. So <clears throat> I was about to say earlier that let's talk about 
the 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 real historical Yuefei.、Mm. But I have to kind of stop myself because, as is true with such figures, as is almost invariably true with such figures, the myth gets built up so much, it gets you know intertwined with the real history, to the point where you know sometimes you. Wonder what's real and what's myth,、mm. and also to some extent, the myth becomes more important than the reality, right? Mm, mm. Because if everyone believes something happened, even if it maybe didn't really, doesn't that matter that it didn't really, right? You know, right, exactly.、Up. It influences all the times to come、mm. in that people believe it happened. You know, if you know, in a, in a.、Um, I'm trying to make a religious comparison, you know, because you see, you see, you see、um, stories from the myth of Yuefei painted on the on the walls of temples、oh. around Taiwan, around China. You see them. <clears throat> Maybe it didn't really happen like that, but just like a religious painting in in Europe, you know. Maybe. Um, it didn't really happen like it said in the Bible, but if people believe it and they they they, they painted or sculpted onto the walls of churches, you know, all over the place, then it has this cultural impact, right? So anyway, <clears throat> the historical Yuefei, the real Yuefei, was born eleven o three. So this is during the the Song Dynasty, the Northern, what's called the Northern Song Dynasty. Northern meaning that the the capital of the the the, the Song Empire was still、uh, in the city of Kaifeng, which is relatively north, considered northern China.、Um, and when he was in his twenties, in eleven twenty six twenty seven, this catastrophe would happen when.、Uh, The Jurchen invaders from the north would come down and、uh, and sack the Song capital of Kaifeng and <clears throat> run and, and walk away with a hundred thousand captives, including the Song emperor、oh. and his father, the previous emperor who had, who had abdicated.、Oh. So two emperors taken as hostage. And much of the Song aristocracy, and this came to be known as the the humiliation of Jingkang, Jingkang to Shi, Jingkang to Huo, the disaster of Jingkang. And this is this marked the point between the switchover from northern <coughs> the northern Song, <coughs> excuse me, between the northern Song and the southern Song, because they had to move the capital south to avoid this further disaster after that. But.、Um, I should back up a little bit and and explain that the the Song Dynasty, the period of the Song Dynasty, was a was a complicated time、mm-hmm. for East Asia generally. I guess、um, now we say Song Dynasty lasted from nine sixty through twelve seventy nine A.D. Now、um, we previously talked about in our、uh, much earlier episode about the Yang family generals. Mm. About how the the way the Song Dynasty was set up, it had a few problems from the get go. It、uh, even from the founding, it never recovered the the、uh, the twelve provinces of Yanyun Yanyun Shiliuzhou,、mm. which are these northern this this northern area that、uh, encompassed a portion of the Great Wall.、Mm. So if you never took back those northern fortresses, then it becomes very difficult to guard against. Your enemies from the north. If you never got the wall back,、uh, a second problem was that the founder, the founding emperor of the Song Dynasty, 
had been someone else's general who then basically pulled a coup d'etat on his on his own lord. So then when he became emperor, he was very allergic about the possibility of other military men doing the same thing. Mm. So throughout the Song Dynasty, there was a tendency to devalue uh, generals and to sort of put mandarins over over generals. The mandarins always always outranked generals, and they could always kind of go out there and countermand them, even if they knew nothing about war. So it set up a situation where the Song was militarily weak, even though it was materially very wealthy, culturally very accomplished. And, um, and it was a very complicated time because um, a parade of uh, other kingdoms and empires uh, rose up around the Song Empire. We, we kind of, uh, from, a, from a Han-centric point of view, one identifies the Song Dynasty as China, and then these other regimes as not China. But I mean, they are, you could, broadly speaking, they are as much China as, as, as anything else, or they, they also fed into what was later China, right? So in the north, at the beginning of the Song Dynasty, the, the, in, the, in the north, they faced the Kitan people, or Khotan. Uh, who, developed, who built their own empire, and they call it the Liao Dynasty. Mm. And they fought with the Song for years. So the Yang family generals were actually fighting the Kotans, the Kitans, the Liao. And then the Liao gets destroyed by another uh, nomadic people that rose up from the north, the Jurchens. Mm. The Jurchens, who were later the ancestors, actually, of the Manchus, mm. who would later come to establish the Qing Dynasty, but that's later. The Jurchens come over and they destroy the Liao Empire and they build their own dynasty, now called the Jing. Uh, and then <clears throat> and they too then start encroaching on the south, attacking the Song Dynasty. So, so uh, and then eventually the Jurchens would get replaced by yet another nomadic people who built their empire, this time the Mongols. Oh. Yeah, and we all know that they we all know what happened then. we all know what happened then they were <laughs> destined yeah the young a young man called uh, Tian Mujin, also known as Genghis Khan <laughs> would come and right that's later but we all know what they were destined to go on to do to the whole world but uh, so there's a parade of these you know other uh, empires from the north and then a whole section of the northwest was actually an, another kingdom which we call Xixia we call it Xixia. Today, the province of Ningxia was the 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 the, uh, the territory of that kingdom. Today's uh, province of Yunnan was mostly yet another kingdom, like a sort of a statelet, a small a small kingdom called Dali. So it was, it was all very complicated. <clears throat> anyway, so um, so Yuefei, born eleven oh three. And uh, like I said, in his 20s, he would have lived through this disaster for the Song Dynasty. And he goes on, so he joins the army. And um, um, and essentially, he, he, so he joins the army, he rises up through the ranks. And long story short, he uh, becomes this very successful general who keeps, uh, keeps defeating the Jurchens. You know, he kept, kept winning battles and so his uh his he gets promoted and promoted and his 
the army that answered to him, the so-called Yue Jiajun, Yue Family Army,、mm. which means the the portion of the Song forces that、mm. answered to him, as as though his as though his private guys、mm. <laughs> uh, grew to apparently as much as a hundred thousand men who followed him, and he,、uh, you know, he he. Repeatedly defeated the Jurchens when everyone else was kind of losing to them,、uh, when most most other generals kept losing, and so、um, so it became it became very famous, and、um, uh, and many people sort sort of saw him as sort of our the the great the great hope to to maybe will help us restore the our lost territories in the north, maybe help us take back to. To, to to the northern areas, the the、um, the、uh, the Jurchens become very upset with with、um, well they kept they kept losing battles to him, but they were used to winning against the weak southerners, you know the、uh, and so they bribe the. Uh, the chancellor, the Song Chancellor, who was obviously corrupt. So at least this is the this is the popular popularly remembered version of events. And、uh, and so under the chancellor's influence, the emperor, the Gaozong Emperor of the Song, calls Yue Fei back from the field, and famously he does so with. Twelve gold plaques. So the in the in the in the in those days, like if an emperor sends you a decree, if an emperor sends you an order, would come with this gold plaque to essentially show that it came from the emperor. And Yue Fei famously got twelve of those in one day.、Oh. So it meant it meant like it's like if the emperor left you twelve voice messages. Twelve voicemails in one day. I sent you like twelve text messages in a row. You know,、okay. like come home now, come、okay. back. That come doesn't back. sound good. It does not sound good when you know when the emperor leaves you twelve messages in a day. You know,、mm. and he's like, come home. No, really, come home now. Would you please come home? <laughs> you know, seriously, man. You know, come come back now.、Um, so that uh, uh, perhaps demonstrated.、Um, But the, the degree of urgency, you know, why was he? Why did he feel so strongly about it? Um, and um, and um, after he, after、uh, Yue Fei sort of retreated, per orders of the emperor, the emperor and、uh, the chancellor they charged him with a crime. They, famously, the charge was. Mo shuyou, mo shuyou, which means, uh, which means, um, how do I translate? It means possibly something. Uh huh. I charge you the crime of possibly having done something. Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. So this became very famous, kind of like you know, if uh, as as an instance of if someone wants to, if if you know, if the If the emperor, if the government, if the you know, authorities want to kill you, they don't need to come up with a reason. They would just say, "For some reason." For some reason. <laughs> right. You were you have been charged with the crime of something, and we're going to kill you now. 
Okay. That sounds good. So they did. So they killed him. And <laughs> they killed him. They killed him. They executed him. And um, but that in the in the long run made him into a, this martyr that oh. people remember forever. Um, it's like this. It's like the. It's like that uh, uh, Batman Begins. It's like that movie. <laughs> you probably, I don't know if you ever seen it, but it's like when we talked about how, like, you know, um, if if I can become a symbol, a symbol is incorruptible. A man can be destroyed. They can always kill me as a man. But if, if I can become a symbol, then that becomes untouchable. Mm. That's what happened to UFA, right? Yeah, because exactly. he was he was he he had been a by all by all accounts, all evidence shows that he had been a loyal servant of the Song Empire and he had never done anything wrong. Mm. He never betrayed the uh the the cause, he never betrayed the, the, the Emperor and, and and um they just you know and, and a corrupt Chancellor basically had him killed. Mm. Um and then so he so he goes so then so much myth gets built up around him. So and I find it very interesting because Essentially, um, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the, um, the, the theory of the heroic quest, the heroic myth um, uh, from people like Carl Jung and uh, Joseph Campbell, who applied. Carl Jung was, was talking about psychology, mm. and then Joseph Campbell applied it to mythology. Mm. And then, you know, today so much of, um, actually a lot of Hollywood films are are built around these ideas of like Star Wars, Harry Potter, these things are all built around the idea of the heroic quest. Mm. And one convention of the heroic quest is the virgin birth. Mm. So the in, so the Jesus story fits within the the the, the framework of the um, the heroic quest in that um well obviously Jesus was said to have been born to a virgin the virgin mm. Mary. But um, the, the the virgin birth concept is broadened to to, to in, in by Jung and Campbell basically mm. to say well it's not you literally have to have a virgin birth Jesus supposedly had that but the point is in in tales of great heroes that people tell across different cultures we usually some we usually claim. People the, the have a thing that the birth been... was somehow special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It was marked by some mm. unique signs, you know. Harry Potter had his scar on the, yeah. on the you know, whatever. Um, and in the case of UFA, people say, legends say, that his mother, when she was pregnant with him, dreamt of an enormous condor mm. that flew over their, their home. And, and sort of flew around three times and then landed on the roof. And then she woke up and she gave birth. Oh. So now, of course, this is, this is not history. You can't verify this. You can't verify this. this. Yeah, this yeah. isn't, you know how, do you know, how do you know if on the day he was born a giant bird land, or, or like oh. that she dreamed that a giant bird land? How do you know if she dreamed anything? Or how, how can you possibly know this, right? You can't, but it's part of the mythology, right? Oh. And then another part of the mythology is that again has to do with her his mother is that um so she marks she, she marked him again there's this 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 idea of being marked in some way being you know 
baptized in some way, you know. Um, uh, Harry Potter with a scar, you know. Um, Luke Skywalker getting his hand cut off, um, you know, as a hero, I guess, marked in some way. So this is the story about how his mother tattooed his back with uh, the, this four characters, Jin Jong Balko, which, you know, which basically means like, um, <clears throat> your last full measure of devotion, essentially. Like, you know, you give your last full measure of devotion to your country, oh. you know, this sort of thing. Um, and, um, and um, uh, of course, the, in the end, his 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 death, his you know heroic, you know death at at, at a pretty young age in 1142. He was executed in 1142, so when he was only 39 years old. Um, of course, that com- sort of completed you know the the, the arc of the tragic mm. hero, right? But it also didn't hurt that the man was also a poet, mm. and he left us one of the most resonant statements ever written in the Chinese language of patriotism and service. And um, uh, you may recall, because uh, uh, we were in uh, the Mazu Islands oh. together with the, the, the Mazu Islands, these, these islands uh, that are, of, that, uh, that are uh, uh, in Taiwanese possession, oh. but they are really right off the coast of mainland China, as mm. you know, and um, you may or may not recall, there was this Taiwanese army base mm. that we drove past, yeah, yeah, Mazu, yeah, and on the walls outside. Oh, yeah, the, the, the poem. Where on, on, on the wall outside, it was carved the poem, Are You Afraid? That's oh, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so if, if I may indulge myself, <laughs> a poetry recitation once more. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> so this is in a song form, of course, which means irregular lines, and um, and this is this is called Manjianghong. The whole river is red, but that doesn't that doesn't speak to the content. It speaks to the format, like the specifically mm. how how many characters in each line, that sort of thing. Nu fa chong guan ping lan chu, xiao xiao yu xie, tai wang yan. 仰天长啸壮怀激烈三十功名沉于土八千里路云和月莫等闲白了少年头空悲切金康池犹未雪臣子恨何时灭驾长居踏破贺兰山缺壮志饥餐胡虏肉笑谈可饮匈奴血超天缺。So I won't translate the whole thing, but it, 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 it's, it's one of the most um, rom- there, there's it, 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 it's a great poem. There's some very romantic bits, you know, um, you know, 30, 30 years of, of uh, seeking fame and fortune are like are like dirt and dust. Eight thousand miles march. Under the wind and under the clouds and the moon, there's some, you know, um, uh, there are some very bloody bits oh. about he wants to, he wants to, he wants to, uh, you know, I, I want to, I want to drink the blood of the Han and eat their flesh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, there's some, yeah, kind of, kind of avenge, you know, avenge the, 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 the you know, the, the insults to our country and you know, all stuff. <laughs> Um, 
but I think the part that might be particularly resonant for a an ROC military base is the last couple of lines. 带从头收拾旧山河 to begin again, to be to to from the start to to start over, and put all the mountains and rivers back together to put the country back together again. You know, there's a, there's a sense of Gosh, this, the the futility. How much work there there would be to actually try to do it.、Um, and and Yue Fei was only talking about putting back together northern China or reincorporating northern China back into the Song Dynasty. The ROC was talking about trying to reconquer the whole mainland from just a few islands,、mm. a few offshore islands. You know, the the the, the weight, the 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 the, the magnitude of the task. Ahead, and、um, and yeah, so he, so and he ends that poem like sort of a meditation on on on、um, a sense of a sense of gosh, I'll I'll, I'll do my best, you know, I'll, I'll put in I'll put in my the last full measure of devotion, but that is the size of the task. And anyway, so it didn't hurt that he wrote this great poem that、um, that which which. We're all supposed to know, and which, like I said, is this is the statement of statement of, of 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 patriotism that kind of no one else had ever said. No one else has said it better ever since.、Um, but also, I think this is going to be a theme, and throughout as we get to as we work our、mm-hmm. way to down the centuries to Kosinga, which is this the idea of undying fealty, undying loyalty, right? Because Um, when the emperor sent him the twelve gold plaques, left him twelve voice messages to say "come back,"、mm. the story is again factual, factually true, or more myth than facts. Whatever the story is, people knew he knew his 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 retainers, his his lieutenants. They knew that something bad was going to happen. You know, the emperor doesn't leave you twelve messages in a day. That's not a thing that's supposed to happen.、Mm. So if you go if you go back to the capital, if you surrender your army, something's you know someone's going someone's trying to kill you. And、um, the story is that Yefei、uh, is like, yeah, I know, but I'm going to go back anyway. I know that someone's going to kill me. There, someone's trying to kill me. I know that I did nothing wrong, but I am going to go back. Because my emperor told me so, and I am loyal, and that's what it means to be loyal. And like I said, that's going to be a that's going to be a theme、uh, going forward. Okay, so that is the story of the famous UFA. This has been MODG. Thank you for listening.